0: Hello, and welcome to the Collider Podcast. I'm Collider Senior Editor Matt Goldberg, and with me is Managing Editor Adam Chitwood. Howdy, folks. Today, we will be killing joy as we discuss F9. (laughs) If you're a fan of the Fast and Furious franchise, you're probably not going to like this episode. You're probably going to be like, you guys don't get it. You guys don't get why these are magnificent movies. And you're right, we don't get it. So we're going to talk to each other about why we don't get it. Why we do not quite understand the fanatical devotion this unlikely superhero series for all intents and purposes why it has inspired such devotion but we're going to try to figure it out um i i just saw f9 this morning i didn't see it until this morning because i was out of town uh on vacation and so i've paid money to see it i saw it probably not under ideal circumstances the ideal circumstances would probably be like the Friday night, the Thursday night, it opens with, uh, you know, a raucous crowd and everyone's like, Oh my God, they're going into space. Um, by the way, we will be going into spoilers. Um, the film came out last weekend. It did really well at the box office. It's now Wednesday. So presumably you've seen it. And if you haven't seen it, have, I think you have seen it. You really (laughs) kind of have seen it. I think all these movies are largely the same. um, but we'll get into that. Uh, we'll get into all of the the Fast and Furious of it all. Uh, you know, I guess the question I'll have to start with is what I'll always start with is, Adam, what did you think of F9? <laughs> I'm so tired I didn't, already. I <laughs> didn't
1: hate it, honestly. Yeah. I did not hate it. This is probably the one I had the most fun with since Fast Five. But I say that, I, I mean, I started watching these movies when the first one came out um, back in 2001 and liked it fine enough. Uh, I think I also saw Too Fast, Too Furious in the theater. So it was like, oh, I like that Fast and the Furious movie. But those movies feel like entirely disconnected at this point. (laughs) They feel so antiquated in terms of what this franchise has become. Um, now and Fast Five like felt really fun and bombastic and cartoony. And I do remember specifically watching it and being perplexed. And then I just like clicked a switch in my brain and I was like, oh, Roadrunner, like cartoons. And then I like had fun with it. Then Fast and Fury 6 came along. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is boring. Um, Fury 7, I think is a, a technical marvel. Honestly, I think it's incredible that James Wan was able to do what he did given the circumstances. But by and large, this franchise is not super for me. So I was pleasantly surprised by F9. It, it is, you know, again, another globe trotting adventure. But I think my favorite aspect of it was those flashbacks. Those flashbacks just really worked for me. I, I was really invested in that aspect of the film far more than, um, you know, this fake feud between John Cena and Vin Diesel in the present day.
0: Yeah. I mean, for me, I will say the thing I like best about the series is I think it has like true diversity in a way that like it puts non-white characters first uh, and I think that's unique in the blockbuster space and it's all, and it's pretty much always done that with, with Vin Diesel. And I mean, like, especially after after Tokyo Drift, uh, you're really sort of, and, and fast five, it's sort of like, this is a, this is a diverse coalition of heroes. And I think that's really great that that exists. I also, for F9, going to space was fun. The magnets are fun, <laughs> Although magnets how do they work that is yes. not how they work it, or is it is <laughs> it how is they it? work i mean and that's the thing like these films like have sort of just a joyous disregard for physics and sense and people are just like Wee! and i i, I don't want to begrudge anyone that i think if 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 you like these movies i am not trying to take that away from you i personally though i just i don't feel any kind of investment in these films even like fast five is the only one i've watched more than once and i think that one is entertaining enough it still feels like a stupid version of oceans (laughs) 11 like it's a (laughs) heist but it's like the stupid heist where eventually they're just like "Eh, just use the 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 vault as a wrecking ball (laughs) and destroy like that's the thing like these i still feel that these people are assholes (laughs) like like they can talk about family all they want but they just have a really callous disregard for anyone else's safety or property (laughs) or anything like they will just wreck half a city
1: you know and be like destroy so many parked cars in this movie
0: i i really want there to be like a spinoff about an insurance agent who sells fast insurance he's like (laughs) the crewmate the family might come to your town and then what (laughs) your car's just parked there minding its own business and all of a sudden it's chucked through a building so (laughs) really at that point don't wouldn't you aren't you glad you have Geico so I just I feel like you know the characters are a little callous and I don't feel like it's for as much talk about like family like I feel that the characters are very one-dimensional and they each have their own specific role that doesn't really allow them to grow because ultimately this is the Vin Diesel show starring Vin Diesel yeah so it's like Vin Diesel will get the character arc of the film but everyone else starts to sort of like play second fiddle. And so it's like, Tyrese, you're comic relief again. Ludacris, you're the tech guy who bounces off Tyrese. Natalie Emanuel, you're the tech girl. And Michelle Rodriguez, you're the love interest. And this is, everyone knows their role. And it's just like, and then we all come together and it's family, but like the only one who has to like sort of go through anything. And even that's a stretch to say that like, Dom goes through anything. Dom is basically like the moral compass. He's usually always right. And if he has some sort of realization, it's like it doesn't really change him, his circumstances all that much. So, like in this one, he's like, My brother killed our dad. And his brother's John Cena. And his brother's like, I've always lived in your shadow. Now you're gonna live in my shadow. And then Vin Diesel realizes that his his Dad asked his brother to murder him (laughs) because he owed money. Like That's what I think happened. It's like he asked me to cut the fuel line. and I kept it a secret until this moment when I stopped keeping it a secret for no particular reason, just because the plot demands it. But anyway, so he's like, oh, I guess my dad wasn't perfect. And I should forgive my brother who wanted to
1: start an apocalypse. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, that was the thing. That's like they just kind of while driving, just give each other a look where it's like, yeah, bro. Forgive yeah. Me, bro.
0: We're family. We're oh, family. Okay. And family means that, you know, sometimes you, you feel a little hurt
1: and you need a hug and you just want to start the apocalypse. <laughs> I will say there were, so there's a single scene between Michelle Rodriguez and Jordana Brewster that worked really well for me when they're searching for Han, where they like have a conversation. It's essentially like the film's like Bechdel test scene it's like let's have them have a conversation about their own lives and like that I really perked up during that scene and then it just kind of like goes away <laughs> they don't and really it, follow up on
0: yeah it. and then it goes away and then it has there's an awful fight scene in a cramped apartment where you can't follow yeah anything that's happening
1: yeah the close handheld action did not work for me in this movie um but it like that felt like it had promise the flashback stuff I felt like had promise and honestly all worked for me and I think this movie I was talking to some of our coworkers about this like this movie is a really good example of why you don't always have to de-age everything. Like I thought casting the young actors to play young Dom and young Jacob, like they gave really good Oh man, could you
0: imagine a de-aged Vin Diesel?
1: Yeah. Holy <laughs> shit. It would
0: look like the boss it, baby. It would look so funny. It would be hilarious. Like they put like a fake wig on him. Yeah. And like, but he still talks the same. Oh, it'd be beautiful. No, they cast it really well. And to, to the point where I'm like, oh, they're setting up the young Dom Toretto Chronicles for Peacock.
1: That's yeah, what, and that, I would maybe watch is. that cuz like that world I felt was more engaging than the kind of overtly cartoony one. Although, although you go ahead with your although and then I'll well, go ahead. With it is objectively funny when a truck falls on Tyrese and, <laughs> and the score goes gong like a death bell. <laughs> and then he just walks away. I
0: was going to say although it's funny that young Dominic Toretto beats a man to death with a wrench. And then it's yes. like, and that then it's like, is. you know, Oh, well we all, we all make mistakes.
1: <laughs> that is. So that's another odd thing. Cause that's where the movie ends. So the arc is that, you know, like they split up as brothers and like hated each other, but like, they reunite mm. in the present day and the movie ends with a flashback in the immediate aftermath of Dom murdering a man <laughs> murdering <laughs> with a blood man on his it. face. <laughs> yes. Telling his younger brother, it's all going to be good, bro. It's all going to be you good. Know, right? What happens like right after that is that I they just, have this rift.
0: I just beat this man to death with a wrench. Why? What'd he do? He was mean to me. <laughs> he, he sassed me and he, you know, crashed into our dad. Even though our dad wanted to die in a fiery blaze because he owed I, money. I don't think he was trying to die. He was trying to throw the race. But but like, yeah, I guess he was trying to throw the race, but it ended in his
1: fiery death. Yes. <laughs> so his dad did
0: not th- do a good job of throwing the race, I suppose.
1: Yeah, that's true. I mean, also credit to Charlize Theron for making probably like $2 million. Oh, my God. Oh, get paid, Charlie. <laughs> get paid. And she's also really good in the movie like her and her little good cut (laughs) good little villainous performance she knows what movie she's in that was fun
0: yeah that was yeah i mean that's the thing like i don't like it i don't want to like you know oh
1: these are the worst films ever because i don't think they're the worst
0: films ever but i also feel like you know for films that are like if if they're action films and i find their action kind of rote and uninteresting like it starts there's that big sort of chase through the jungle where they're being chased by the military Mm -hmm. and it's just like who who cares man like it's just a it's like these muscle cars it's like oh we're gonna drive through a minefield okay (laughs) like what i i feel like there's just not a lot of sense to the construction other than let's destroy a bunch of crap which fine i mean people like explosions but like to me it wears thin after a while and i watch these films and they're essentially like group on a mission films and i watch this and i'm like i see people going nuts for the fast and furious franchise and i'm like you guys know mission impossible is this right like you guys (laughs) know that like you could see really good action scenes that are meticulously constructed and that the lead actor is legit risking his life for your entertainment Like Vin Diesel is all well and good, I suppose, although apparently he can't show up to an interview on time to save his life, but (laughs) you can't like, he, (laughs) he's like, he has a stunt double. He does, you know, and and to the point where, and I guess his work ethic is to the point where, where Dwayne Johnson's like, I don't want to work with you anymore. I don't want to be on set with
1: you anymore. (laughs) The very funny thing about F9 is if you watch it consciously and you think about this, any scene where the group is together and there's a wide shot, Dom is not in that wide shot. Dom gets his own medium shot so that when they shoot the wide shot, wide shot, Vin Diesel does not have to be on set. So it's very much like the whole gang is together. They're all talking uh-huh. and then it'll cut to a single of Dom because Vin Diesel shoots his part whenever he wants.
0: Right. You know what's Everyone funny It's is like, us. like five to 10 years from now, there's going to be an article in like Hollywood reporter or, or some, some publication and it's going to be like, the Fast film, behind the scenes, the Fast and Furious films weren't all about family. (laughs) And it's like, and then it'll be like, Vin Diesel was a dickhead. And and everyone will be like, yeah, obviously.
1: Um, I I do want to say though, to your Mission Impossible point, like I agree those are objectively much better films, but I also think the diversity of the Fast franchise can't be discounted. No, no, it can't be discounted. That plays in a different way. Mm-hmm. These films are different kinds of movies. They're very much popcorn. Like Fallout is a pretty serious Mission Impossible movie. Like it's still very fun, but the stakes are pretty Yeah, I'm talking more about like if you're looking at action scene construction. Yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: If you're looking if you're pound for pound who is putting the best set pieces out there with this kind of like we're a team and we're in a mold. Mission Impossible and especially and, and in the mold of like this ostensibly takes place in reality. Like it's not superhero fantasy. Fat, like Mission Impossible is just doing it better than Fast and Furious but people were like they went to space and I'm like yeah they they took a Pontiac Fiero to space <laughs> you know yeah. like it it knows what it is and like that's even fine. that scene
1: was pretty boring to me like they didn't really do anything with it they just like go to space and like drive a car into a satellite and then come
0: back. Can I, can I actually tell you my favorite moment of the film that then was completely like dis- dismissed out of hand it's when Tyrese has like an existential crisis and he's like, we can't be hurt. We like, oh, we went through all these crazy missions <laughs> and invincible. like I'm invincible and nothing can happen to me. And it's like he's realizing he's a character in a movie. And yeah. then they're like, ah, fuck you. And <laughs> that's the end of it.
1: <laughs> he, he, but he is he right. full-on
0: But he is right that he's invincible. <laughs> well, like that's the thing. He became such an audience surrogate that he's aware there's an audience
1: now. Yeah. He's like he may as that- well have
0: turned to the camera and been like, guys,
1: time out. He's got that gun where he's in the hole and there's like 20 guys above him and they're shooting at each other and he kills all of them. And he finish. kills all of them and he's not even hurt. And like if the film was like, ha, 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 fuck you, we don't care. You it's know? very silly, but I do think the difference between F9 and a lot of the other films is that it feels soulful. Whereas like Fate of the Fury felt soulless to me. I Like nothing mattered in that movie at all. Furious seven obviously had a, a pretty solid heart to it as well. And I think it's memorable for that reason, but you feel like Justin Lin really cares about what he's doing. I feel like he cares
0: in so far as like, he likes these heroes, but also like, he's not going to think too hard about anything in these movies. Yeah. Like for instance, Helen Mirren shows up for no reason. Oh man. Best scene in the movie. Best scene. I, the, really I mean, look, it Helen so Mirren's delightful. But she's like, they go on this little car chase through London, you know, and then she she gets and then he like gets out of the car or she drops him off. She goes, you're my favorite American. And I'm like, didn't he put your son in a coma <laughs> <laughs> by dropping a building on him or something? Like, isn't Luke Evans in a coma
1: now? I think so. I honestly can't remember. But like, that scene, like Vin Diesel is giving an entirely different performance in that scene. And it's so much better than his performance for the rest of the movie because he is so focused on being taken seriously. Whereas with Helen Mirren, it's really flirty and like, he kind of like for once will give up the screen a little bit mm-hmm. in that scene yeah. where he will not defer the screen to anyone else. Now, that's the thing. Like
0: you, that to me is sort of the central conflict of fast and furious is like, it wants to be this team-based family kind of thing but it really is like at odds with Vin Diesel's ego and at that point you may as well just make Riddick movies or the last witch hunter movies which which were just like you are the star and also you're doing your nerdy fantasy shit that you love
1: (laughs) your nerdy sci-fi crap I mean if we're being honest the most interesting character arc in the entire franchise whose arc to follow would be Letty because like she lost herself she lost Mm -hmm. her identity she did terrible things that is the most interesting character and like they kind of I guess she gets a little more to do this time. And like I said, that that scene with if her- she, and If Killing she wanted
0: more list. to do, she should have been Vin Diesel. <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: Well, she <laughs> tried. I mean, remember there was that whole dispute yes. of like, we're not coming back if you guys don't beef up the female characters. And so they, they gave it, them that one scene in Tokyo
0: where- Mina I would, I would that- be
1: willing to wager that that one scene was one of like three or four scenes. And like that one is the only one that- That made, made the cut. final cut. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah, possibly. I mean, I just, you know, these films, they, they happen and I just, I mean, people go nuts for them and not just like people in the sense of like, uh, the common people like you and I've no other critics and they just like love these movies. They yeah. just like,
1: these are the best films. <laughs> and I'm like,
0: are they, are they My the wife best
1: really film? loves them? Like unironically, like thinks they're a blast and goofy. Like she loves them. I love,
0: movie, you know, here, here's the thing, man. Like, it. I, I'm i sure I sound like the worst fucking killjoy in here, but like, <laughs> I love like goofy, like wild action movies too. Like I like, you know, give give me John Woo's hard target all damn day, you know? I mean, the, you know, or to just keep on John Woo, like face off. Like I have like fun with these, like these other kind of action films, but like the Fast series to me, I feel like it's actually, I don't feel like it's insane enough. Like, I mean, the magnets and the space stuff were fun, but if you look at large chunks of this movie is just like car chase, smashy, smashy car stuff. And like, that seems to be the only trick that they have. Like, there's no like cool stunt performance. I did like, I will go back and say, I did like John Cena's little zipline gun. That was, <laughs> and he's just zipping along the city that was really fun
1: very chill
0: just zip ziplining over <laughs> edinburgh. edinburgh yeah that was i liked that a lot to me that's the stuff that i go for whereas like we're gonna smash and crash through the whole city then i just feel bad for the residents of the city to be perfectly honest like it reminds me i think it was in i think it's fast five that where they're in rio mm-hmm. like they're hiding out in rio and they just like completely demolish favelas like just just,
1: just are you snap. sure you're not thinking of bad boys too
0: yeah that could also be bad. well that was <laughs> that was cuba that yeah. was in cuba not uh rio but yeah i don't know i i i these these films baffle me because i gotta say for large chunks of f9 i was kind of bored I, Mm -hmm. and again, maybe that was just the setting in which I saw it, but I also, I've never really had the need to revisit any of these films. Like, like I said, the only one I revisited was F was fast five. That was on an airplane. And I was like, eh, why not? Like they're not films I have any particularly particular affinity for. Like, I couldn't tell you why we should care about these characters or why they matter. And yes, there is sort of a professional wrestling melodrama to it, but even there, it's a little redundant. Like, I mean, if you look at John Cena's character in this is he that different from Hobbes in the sense of like here's a beefy here's a guy that's bigger than Vin Diesel that Vin Diesel can beat
1: (laughs) yeah that he can dominate (laughs) that he
0: can beat that like he can beat and they're gonna be enemies but by the end they will be
1: friends because Vin Diesel proved he was the superior male (laughs) I mean it's setting up another family conflict obviously Jacob is not his biological brother or or the very least is like his half brother or something like that reveal is probably coming but yeah it does feel like uh fuck Dwayne Johnson Get someone else because Vin and Dwayne are not uh, speaking at this moment in time. It's like, oh yeah, well I'll just get another beefy wrestler. and You'll <laughs> see. You know, he'll be my new best friend. But speaking of which, even Hobbs and Shaw, I do not like that movie. I found that I movie Hobbs and Shaw is at boring. least.
0: I went for Hobbs and Shaw more because at least Hobbs and Shaw has a dynamic that like works in the sense that like Hobbs and it's a buddy. It's a buddy comedy. So like Hobbs and Shaw are different and they're like trying to dick measure each other for the entire movie. And like Dwayne Johnson and and Jason Statham have comedic timing, which Vin Diesel does not. And (laughs) so like watching them sort of bounce off each other, I do think the film kind of wears out its welcome, but at least it's sort of like full sci-fi, goofy kind of whatever. I I, I think it's uh, still a little too long, but I at least, I feel like the dynamic in Hobbs and Shaw is working, whereas, like like I said, like with Fast and Furious movies, like you can't keep telling me this is about family when the dom stuff just overshadows every single thing. Like no one else really gets a chance to shine. Everyone else gets sort of their narrow little column mm-hmm. to do what they're they're supposed to do, and they rarely get to step outside of it. and And that's a shame because I think you know it would be better to see this if if you're if you're going to tell me this is an ensemble let it be an ensemble but it will always be the vin diesel show
1: yeah i guess that's why f9 worked better for me because i liked you know the flashback is still dom story but it's a different actor well that's
0: and i I agree it it adds some texture to it it adds something it explains dom in a way that makes him more than like i live my life a quarter mile at a time like what what does that even mean dude what
1: what does that even mean (laughs) Hobbs and Shaw, I thought also just like looked dreadful. Like just that (laughs) I thought the action was horrible. Just such like, and I guess like if we're going to talk about like comparisons, they're not trying to be mission. They're trying to be Marvel. Like they're trying to go. I feel like they're kind of in between.
0: I feel like yeah, but yeah, there really are like it is basically universal doesn't have superheroes. So they're like, and. and after uh i can't say it without laughing dark universe after that failed <laughs> that was dark universe was going to be like oh this is how we'll do
1: superheroes and yeah. it fell apart completely um javier bardem as frankenstein's monster <laughs> johnny depp is the invisible man <laughs> so invisible you
0: never saw him <laughs> so, i just it would have been so good at the end of mummy if tom cruise was like and i couldn't have done it without you Invisible Man.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that would have been great
0: uh almost as good as but what are we doing here? (laughs) thanks for bringing me back to life but what are we doing here in the middle of the desert? (laughs) what are we doing here what a great film um but yeah so so fast and furious is like universal how universal does superheroes and look these movies are people love them they're massive hits overseas i get why they exist and look if you like it more power to you i don't want to you know say like boo anyone who like i don't care if people like fast and furious movies they're I think they are ultimately harmless. Uh I just I wish it's sort of like I wish I could be as enthused about them as everyone else is, as as so many others are. Like I yeah. like every time I go in I'm like oh man maybe I'll maybe this time I'll really have fun with it. But I've seen not all 9 of them now <laughs> plus Hobbs and Shaw. I think I've I've formed I have an informed opinion.
1: <laughs> I think I I've given not, it a shot. I've not seen Tokyo Drift. I've tried to watch Tokyo Drift multiple times but I couldn't do it so were you confused when like lucas black showed up in f9 i like, mean i you? just wikipedia did <laughs> <laughs> like he was in wasn't he in fate of the furious or furious 7 or something he came back he was in one the of movie.
0: them as a cameo and then this yeah. one they gave him an actual
1: role yeah kind of but it was just like what do you do well He's we like kind rockets? of oh we make
0: rockets at an airport and no one bothers us <laughs> <laughs> yeah, totally fine
1: we just we make rocket cars and no one seems to mind and maybe it was just this the burn of fate of the furious which i just thought was absolutely dreadful and soulless and boring bored me to tears so i was like oh f9 like there's little color and there's some dramatic shading and like it's, it's it's really ambitious in terms of everything it's trying to do you get the han stuff and the flashback stuff and the brother stuff and yeah, Vin Diesel I, goes into his mind palace Goes into his mind <laughs> Almost <laughs> dies, goes into a mind palace. <laughs> palace Yeah, I mean That was look, some like interesting filmmaking Like That felt like some inspired filmmaking on Justin And look, life. I
0: don't have anything really against Justin Lin Although again, I think if you're going to do those Close quarters fight scenes, hire a better Second unit director to, to mm. do them Um, But like, yeah, I even like Star Trek Beyond You know, I think Star Trek Beyond is fun For what it is Um, But you know, I feel like, yeah, these fast movies, they unfold, people dig them. I wish I could be part of that crowd. I, they say they're going to make two more. I imagine that's not true. I imagine they'll make way more than two more. Like, they'll <laughs> may take a little break, but they're you, this is like a huge cash cow for Universal. It'd be sort of like Disney, like, and we're done with Marvel movies. Like, no, you're never
1: done with Marvel movies. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. I mean I don't know we'll see maybe they'll just they'll probably just do the prequel like the adventures of the young Don Toretto so.
0: you know I think that would ruin it though in a way because like the whole arc of the series is we started out like stealing DVD players and now we're like we do like international espionage <laughs> yeah. so like well, if I'm not saying pre- do international espionage do like just you know, street race, like low-level street race. And see, and yeah. I don't think that would fly. I think people would be like, "Where's, where's? Why aren't you crashing cars through buildings?" And it's like, well, because yeah. he's not there yet. And it's like, well, I don't want it. Which is why I think like a peacock series where it's like a low-level crime thing, like that would work. And yeah. like, and I'm with you. I would actually, if they got that actor who plays Young Dom, who I thought was very good. Yeah, he's. Great. Um, I would watch that. I would give that a shot. Yeah. And then he's like, my brother hates me for some reason. <laughs> <laughs> Even though I beat a man to death with a wrench.
1: Well, then the the post credit scene with with Shaw coming back is it Shaw? What's it? It's, yeah, Shaw. it's Shaw. And then Han. I was like, okay, where's Lookat You the you scene? tried to blow me up, but actually I used it
0: to cover my. Actually, it really did me a solid because I got to pretend like I was dead to protect this new character. So I don't know what his beef is, to be perfectly really honest. Like. <laughs> Did you want him to look, make you look dead or not? Like, what's, what are you, what's, what's the issue here, man?
1: <laughs> that was super convoluted. The whole stuff with the uh, Mr. Nobody, just magic. By the way, magic speaking of people guy. showing up for paychecks, good, good,
0: good on Kurt Russell.
1: Yeah. I mean, he was originally supposed to have a much larger role in Furious 7, but when they rewrote it after Paul mm. Walker's death, he, they, it got smaller. They kind of got rid of some of that stuff. Yeah. But I mean, it's Kurt Russell. You're, he's a freaking legend. And oh, he, for sure. He got, he got paid and it's fine.
0: Yeah. I assume he got paid. Kurt Russell's. I'm going to get an angry call from Kurt Russell. He's like, <laughs> I did not get paid what my what I thought I would. On Fury, no, that's not going to that's not going to happen. All right. Um, anything else to say about F9? I don't think so. Are you going to be upset if they don't call the next one fast? Ten, your seatbelts.
1: <laughs> yes, I will now. Very much so.
0: Uh. All right. All right. Well, with that, uh, let's move into recently watch. What have you What have you seen lately that you'd like to talk about?
1: Uh, Going to bring the house down uh, by talking about AI, artificial intelligence, <laughs> which I watched recently for the movie's twentieth anniversary and wrote a thing about. Um, I feel like it's a Steven Spielberg movie that like gets misunderstood a bit. Like, the correct me if I'm wrong, but the the temperature at the time was that it wasn't very good and it was like too schmaltzy and he like ruined Kubrick's original.
0: History. Yeah, the original. So the original sort of.
1: Slam against it was that it was
0: first off. I i believe this was his his movie coming off. This was was this his first movie after Saving Private Ryan? Yes, yeah, yeah. So he's coming off the success of Saving Private Ryan. Haley Joel osmond is coming off the success of The Sixth Sense, and the slam against it was basically like, you know, he he took kubrick like he took something that was going to be cool, and Kubrick died in '99. Uh, he died basically just as he was finishing Eyes Wide Shut, but they had wanted to make this film AI and the I, the slam against it is that, that, that Spielberg had made, made it schmaltzy. Like Kubrick was going to make it cold and cerebral and good, but Spielberg ruined it by making it schmaltzy. And actually it was the reverse is that Spielberg made it way darker. <laughs> yes. All the dark stuff is Spielberg and all the sort of more upbeat stuff is Kubrick.
1: <laughs> yeah. So it's Spielberg second, only his second sole screenwriting credit uh, after close encounters. Although, but, you know, he admitted he writes on almost all of his movies, as most directors do. Um, but rewatching it, and I had seen it before. I'd seen it a number of times. Like It's just tremendously sad. Like, mm. Just a very sad movie. Yes. You know, it's it's this Pinocchio story of this, this robot boy who wants to be a real boy and whose mother abandons him. And he thinks if he finds the Blue Fairy, she'll turn him into a real boy. And so it's like this odyssey that you're following him on uh, and you're meeting all these characters, but also navigating the politics of you know humans created these ai but they didn't know how quickly and how fast they would like turn smart essentially and so the humans got threatened and and have uh, turned against them and you know the ending is what i wrote about and i won't go into it here If people who haven't seen it but like the ending i think is incredibly bleak to be fair you've
0: had 20 years to watch it if you're sure good.
1: but like if you're younger like that's it's true a, if you're younger ending, it's it's is, it is. It is. Yeah, I don't even know. Is it streaming anywhere? It's not streaming anywhere, I don't think. Mm. Um, not to my knowledge. I bought it on Blu ray for ten bucks, uh, and it was well worth the price. I, some parts of it haven't aged as well. Like the fashion is very it's interesting that he made this and Minority Report back to back because Minority Report is so timeless in its like futuristic vision. And this film is like he- leaning heavily on that nineties fashion. Um, and I don't know if it was just a Uh, product of him kind of rushing the pre-production of this one or not but um you know that's that's really the only aspect of it that feels a little bit off but the rest of it i mean i think john williams score is is terrific even Janusz kaminsky's cinematography is pretty fitting (laughs) for this with light (laughs) blasting in from every window (laughs) it's just light everywhere (laughs) um and you know this was a part of his uh his running man trilogy it was this minority report and catch me if you can Mm. Like Spielberg made like three films in a row of like somebody on the run. Um, and I think they play pretty well together. But yeah, I don't know. It's this is so if my Nerd Report is like a hard sci fi, like this is a fairy, like a bleak fairy tale. Yes. A very bleak sci fi fairy tale. Uh, and I think it's one of the darkest movies Spielberg's ever made. It is. Yeah. It's I would, very, I mean, that
0: ending will just wreck you.
1: Yes. It's horrible. <laughs> it just made me so upset. Um, and, you know, just even when the, the mom is leaving, David, she's like, I'm sorry, I didn't tell you about the world he gets it in the car and drives away. So with that, <laughs> I highly recommend revisiting or checking out for the first time. Yeah, AI, uh, AI is great. I mean, like, I think we
0: don't appreciate how much that's how much Spielberg was like, I, first of all, I don't think we, I think Spielberg, like it's it Spielberg has become so praised that it's now like passe to
1: praise him. But yeah.
0: He has so many good movies, I don't and I appreciate
1: that, him enough. I really don't. I say
0: that as someone who's like, I think the BFG is kind of good.
1: <laughs> yeah, you I know? need to revisit the BFG. I have only ever seen it that one time, and I was like, huh, all right. You know, it a it's weird got, phase. It's got personally. a It's
0: got it's got an it's got a symphonic farting scene. <laughs> it's very childish, but also very silly and kind of fun. And you know, it is. It's fine. Uh, I, I like Ready
1: it. Player One. Ready Player One. Ready Player One has
0: some, like, yeah, Ready Player One is working from a very flawed source material. I'll put it that way. Um, But yeah, AI is well worth your time. Um, Speaking of bleak shit, last week I watched Bo Burnham's Inside on Netflix. And uh, man, Bo Burnham makes me so angry because he's so freaking talented. It's like, (laughs) no one should be this talented when they're this young, and yet... Like he's already direct, like this is his third or fourth comedy special. He directed eighth grade, which was X, which was pretty excellent. Um, And this one, so he was planning to get back out on the road and start touring again and, and doing live shows. And then the pandemic happened and he decided to record this special trapped inside his home. And you can just sort of see him suffering. It's really like more about his mental health. But there's a really interesting thread throughout the whole thing. And it's mostly just songs. It's mostly like comedic songs um, as opposed to like stand-up joke, stand-up joke. It's mostly comedic songs, although they're darkly comic and then eventually just dark. The whole idea that I think is kind of fascinating that's running through Inside is that you have this it's about the i think it's about the relationship between performer and audience and what happens when your audience is taken away and you have a need to create and if you were just locked inside with no one to to, to be with if you were just that freaking lonely You would still need to create, but there would be no one really to share it with. And the internet creates this sort of false sense of sharing things. But I mean, the first song he's singing about like, daddy made you some content, (laughs) like how (laughs) everything just gets flattened down into this, this digestible thing. And then like there are other songs like that are again about sort of perspective and consumption. Like he sings about like white women on Instagram, which is funny (laughs) because like, he's talking about a bunch of cliches in these kind of Instagram posts, but it's also about like displaying yourself looking for an audience and you know, what kind of audience are you even getting when you're locked inside without human interaction? And so I think it's, it's kind of, it's the, the first, the songs are freaking earworms. Like they are, I cannot think about the internet without thinking about a little bit of everything and anything. Would you like a little bit of everything and anything all of the time? But (laughs) Like so, the songs are earworms, but I also think it's it, the 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 theme is is quite profound and and pretty moving. Uh, and so, yeah, I would say if you you know
1: it's on Netflix, if you if you have Netflix, Bo Burnham's Inside is is well worth your time. What is if you could boil down the theme? What is what like what did you what do you feel it's about? I haven't seen it yet.
0: Oh, I think the, I think the theme is about is about loneliness and how loneliness is compounded when you're a creator deprived of an audience like the fact like and and deprived of an audience in the sense of human interaction not just creating something for the internet but like the notion of like you can read you can actually interact with people like what is a performer when there's no no one to perform with it's just weird and kind of off it's kind of like you start going inside your mind if I had to sum it up in a single thing I would go with the parks and rec joke do you think a depressed person could make this (laughs) (laughs) that's what i was thinking of that took me three days
1: (laughs) yes i
0: mean mean, yeah it's it's very good but surprised like as funny as it can be it's also very sad um it's also like it's lampooning like twitch streamers it's lampooning reaction videos because it's all these things that require an audience but the internet gives you a false sense I don't want to say of community, but a false sense of interacting with people. And that really, like, we really got that during the pandemic. Yeah. Like, it was not human interaction, it was not real. And yeah. that takes a mental toll.
1: Yeah. We, <laughs> now that we brought everyone down, I brought everyone every aspect way, way down.
0: Um, thank you so much for listening. <laughs> if you want to give up with this podcast for whatever reason, I don't know why. You should follow us on Twitter. Adam, where can we find you on Twitter? At Adam Chitwood. And you can find me at Matt Goldberg. Thanks for listening, everyone. Next week, we'll be talking about Steven Soderbergh's No Sudden Move. So be sure to tune in for that.